When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome back to Badass Fest 2022. Uh, the hits keep coming. This is the second installment. We're going to be talking, uh, as is traditional, about Sylvester Stallone and uh, his movie Over the Top, which combines the thrills of a child custody case with mm-hmm. the chills of an arm wrestling championship. Yeah. Uh of course, uh, this is a whole series and our bad uh, and, and, and our badass summer celebration. Uh, we'll be doing a Wednesday working Wednesday stream talking about our badass list that we're being we're maintaining. Uh, we're going to be updating our existing rule set because we had some some controversies last year. Our controversial character with the gun on the cover. I, there's there's going to be like an asterisk in the badass hall of fame for everyone inducted under that bogus rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be re- retooling some stuff. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's kind of looking over a badass list. If you want to join us there. And also, uh, Jeff Bezos willing. And, and if it's still available, we'll be doing an over the top watch party for theatrical Thursdays this Thursday. Uh, and I don't think you want to miss it. I think it's going to be a really good time. Uh, we're going to be watching it live. If you have an Amazon Prime account, you're ready to go. You just need a free Twitch account. Join those things together. It takes 30 seconds. There's information on our twitch.tv slash bald move site. If you go to the about section on how to do it, easy peasy. Anyway, this movie over the top is directed by Menahem Golan, who seems to be an expert at getting genre schlock onto the screen with a minimum of budget. He directed Masters of the Universe, which is going to be interesting because it's going to come up perhaps later in the badass uh, series this this year. And Superman for the Quest for Peace. You kind of kind of getting a picture, mm-hmm. a picture of his au revoir. Uh, a screenplay written by Sterling Siliphant, uh, who sounds like a Harry Potter villain, but in reality sure. worked for over 70 primetime series, including Perry Mason. He also wrote The Towering Inferno and The Poseidon Adventure the former mm. of which he received uh, uh, got got an Oscar for Best Picture uh, is also co-written by Stil- Sylvester Stallone. Although you could debate, you know, uh, how much of of what was was there and and who insisted on what. Uh, certainly, we'll probably get into that. Uh, it stars Sylvester Stallone, also Robert Loggia. Is that how you do it, Loggia? Right? I I call him Loggia, but. It's probably Loja, not right. There's probably an. It's I. probably no. Loja sounds right. Ah, fuck. Robert Loja. Uh, you've probably seen him in Pink Panther, Officer, Gentleman, Scar. Uh, an officer, a gentleman, and a Scarface. Uh, uh-huh. he, he plays the hard ass. Yeah. Uh, whether he's a military hard ass, he's a mafioso hard ass. He's what? What? He's just always playing a hard ass. Susan Blakely who the only film credit I recognized is the towering Inferno. She has a, she, she's got a thankless task and a thankless role in this movie. Mm-hmm. And, and David Mindenhall, who has space Raiders to his credits and also voiceover work for a ton of cartoons in the eighties. Probably the one most prominent, uh, his, his turn is Daniel Witwicky 
the constant companion of Bumblebee and the Autobots and the Transformers series. Uh, this movie is also star studded with real life world wrestling arm wrestling champions. Scott Norton, Alan Fisher, John Vreeland, Cleve Dean, Andrew, the Cobra Rhodes, John Berserk. Uh, if you're an arm wrestling aficionado, you're probably, especially from the eighties, you probably recognize some of those names. Jim. Yeah. What do you think? Of this here badass movie over the top. Is it even a badass movie? That's a damn good question. It, you know what? You take at least one of those words out and I will agree with it. Um, it's certainly a it's bad, bad movie. <laughs> it's a very it's bad movie. movie? It, it's, it, it's an ass movie too. Yeah, either one you could take out. Um, I, I didn't realize how bad this movie is. I remember watching this movie and thinking, damn, that, that was a fun time but there's a lot of this movie that is not fun and and tonally <laughs> this is it's just a garbage fire man this thing is all over the map tonally i i don't know what they were trying to make here but they failed no matter what they were trying that's what i i kind of that's what what makes me love it that this is just <laughs> It seems like no one wanted to make this film. Not really. Sly did it because they offered him 12 million and uh, he got the rights to write it and have the final say on the script and the final cut of the film. Uh, They hire this kind of director who will just essentially point a camera at anything you give him money for. Uh, A a scriptwriter of, you know, a, a decent amount of talent who also says they butchered his movie. Uh, when he saw it, he said he actually wept at what yeah. they'd done to it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but but I think that's what makes it kind of amazing because it's like Sly in 70% of these scenes looks like he's on some kind of benzo. Yeah, yeah. He's got zero charisma with this kid as best I can tell. Yeah, like, and because it's like it's the exact same approach that he takes to women that we've talked about in other Sly movies, where it's like this constant fucking like, like, like shit you'd say in the outfield at a batter, hey batter, batter, hey batter, hey woman, woman, hey well, woman, hey. But it's dialed it's like, down it's, it's ne- to, to like a three. It's that that's it's what just I'm not saying. There, yeah, if you take like he's his 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 bonding with the sun is the exact same energy just completely turned down to an ebb so it's yeah, just hey, yeah. better better hey, <laughs> and, no and i can't Mike, tell better, Mike, you know <laughs> it is sorry, are you finished with your slide for yes. you'll have plenty of time later for it. that i know <laughs> i know uh i can't tell if that is stallone trying to act like the sheepish father who has abandoned his son and is now coming back to try and get into his life or if that is Stallone having zero chemistry with kids because I don't know aside from a Rocky movie where he interacts with his child for like half a second in each of those films right I've I don't think I've ever seen him like truly interact with a child other than this movie well and also think about like any interaction he has with someone that's not like adversarial it's this clown persona where he just comes hey you know uh-huh. random props hey we do a stupid thing you know that's, <laughs> and that's fine that's that works it. it works so well in Rocky right like when he's trying to charm Adrian it, there's an energy there's a movement to those scenes uh, and, it, and it comes from Rocky right and who he is this movie he's doing roughly the same thing but yeah. like you said dial down the three and just it does not work. And I, I don't know how this is possible, but this kid has more chemistry with him 
than he has with the kid. I don't know how it doesn't translate the other way because I think the kid is actually really good and and energetic and exciting. But like, it's this is not a great role for a, ki- a kid. I don't think, but he's he's game for it, man. He reminded me a lot of the kid from uh uh not Close Encounters, Flight uh, of the Navigator, the Flight of Navigator. Yes, yeah, yes. the same kind of like natural kid performance. Yeah. And but he's looking across the stage and he's just getting nothing back. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> dead eyes. Dead. <laughs> right. Dead heavy lidded eyes. Well, it's like also there's a lot of heavy lifting being done by this movie and script by studiously ignoring any judgment of actually what happened. What actually sure. happened to make him leave his family and stay away for all these years. There's like hints and stuff like that, but like um it's kinda like imagine what it how much different Rocky would be if Adrian had been his wife that he left when, you know, she was 19 years old and pregnant mm-hmm. and he then had a loser career as a boxer and he came in and now he's trying to woo her back. Like we would feel a lot differently about that romance. It, everything else is the same. Like Rocky's still a loser. He's still got a nightmare apartment with like knives sticking out of the walls and AK 47s lean up against the windows. But now we know it's like, he, she's already taken a spin on this loserville wagon and we see what saw what happened well i feel like that's at least a question hanging in the air of this movie is like why is this guy such a deadbeat dad and like they give kind of plausible yeah. smokescreen but they never give us like an ultimate like you know what actually sly is a good guy and he's tried everything he could and he's just been thwarted on all, all fronts um yeah, and there's he- a lot of points the kid asks him straight up, well, like, why did you leave us? And he doesn't give him a why. He gives him a what? He says, I made a mistake. That's that's a what? Yeah. That's a what, not a why. Tell me why yeah, you there, left. <laughs> there's lots of types of mistakes. You know, you can forget to pay your parking ticket, Stallone. Sure. You know, you can, uh, sure. you know, you can forget your mom's birthday and you can, like, just take off and leave your family for a decade. Uh-huh. There, there's some mistakes and there's some mistakes. Uh, and for a fact, like, I, it's... Like, the more I watch this movie, the more I'm kind of on Robert Loja's side. Like, I'm not so sure the grandpa shouldn't have custody of this kid, especially some of the decisions he makes. Um, oh, man. God. Okay. But the thing is, is like, all these things aside, these are the things I cherish about this film. This is the stupidest film you could think of to make about one of the stupidest things that actually exists, which is. <laughs> arm wrestling competitions sure I'm not like saying big money like, stuff too i mean and i like if you're an arm wrestler and you're getting those checks i'm not i'm not i, I it's cool man like it, it's it's right. no more or less stupid than dudes throwing hoops through uh balls through hoops and dragging balls across lines it's like i don't know why mm-hmm. society values that shit more than what your guys are doing but it's all fucking silly and this is the silliest version of a film like this incredibly sensitive you, you know, Kramer versus Kramer type of stuff within yeah. the rubric of essentially a professional wrestling level shtick thing. Yeah. No, I, it, it was funny because we're I'm watching this movie with my wife last night and I I'm telling her like, OK, this this movie is great. It's hilarious. Um, it's got, it has some good action. In it. And the first like two thirds of this movie is none of that. Right. You get like an arm wrestling scene, like a single one. Uh in the first hour of this movie and, and like the, the plot like kind of resolves itself in a weird way halfway through this movie where like Stallone goes to right. jail and he's, uh-huh. he's kind of like for his mini crimes. <laughs> sure. And, and he's strong armed into like 
signing paperwork that gives over custody of of Michael to to Robert Loja um, and leaving the state and never coming back. And my wife's just like, well, that's the end of the movie, right? Like he lost his kid because he's a shitty father. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, now the movie is going to go into the part of the movie that I actually like, which uh-huh. is the arm wrestling competition. I, I told her, no, now the movie starts. And, and like the last half hour of this movie is what this entire movie should have been roughly. They should have jettisoned all this sad sack bullshit about this kid and his dying mom. I mean, the shit at the beginning is so fucking heavy. That like the lighthearted stuff they do to try and uh, energize the film in, in the early going just completely wears off, dude. It, it, that's it's the, overpowered that's by part. this by by the, by the weepy shit that they're doing with this kid and his horrible life, and then you get to a point in this movie where it just totally changes, and now everything is like action and and fucking Eddie Money is singing into your ears like at, at his highest pitch with <laughs> dude the, fucking ballads, the soft- and I'm like. It's crazy. The end of this movie is nothing like the the start of this movie. The the quiet storm slow jam soundtrack of this is it, it, it's that's what I'm saying. God like awful. Yeah. Everything was just bad choices, and that's what's uh-huh. so awesome about it because it's like a child <laughs> painting with like too bright a palette, and they're like, oh, we need to mix some darkness. Oh, but that's too dark. It's like it's just wildly swinging from one extreme to it to the next. Yeah, they've got yeah. this dead mother thing that's like not just an inciting event like Guardians of the Galaxy, where it's like no. here's the heartbreak to set. It's, it's something that just like it's like. If the movie Bambi, every 15 to 20 minutes, they drug Bambi's mother out to shoot her again. Right, right. <laughs> uh, it's, I don't, it's, but that's, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's what I love that. I love every aspect of this movie and how obvious it is. Like, you know, Stallone getting ready to meet his son and he's like spiffed up as spiffy as he can be, but everyone's conspicuously like pointing and laughing at him at the military academy and being like, oh, what's this? fucking homeless bum doing here. I mean, it's because he looks straight off like a 1940s union poster. (laughs) Like, that that outfit? No, I know, but... Yeah. But it's it's just really funny how the movie is just like making sure you hear every shitty and snide comment and, you know, like he would be this abject of derision Mm -hmm. or object of derision. It's like, I don't know. It's just, everything is just very, very broad. And I don't know, I like laugh my head off through the whole part, even early parts, like where there's like a <laughs> three minute music montage of him and his son doing truck related exercises. Oh, my. Yeah, we got to talk about that. There's like that. You can tell like they're just like, Jesus Christ, we have a we have 30 minutes of an because I don't know if you know the story about the the, the way they filmed the professional wrestling contest. Uh-huh. But like, yeah. We got this these thirty fire minutes yeah. of, 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 of arm wrestling that people are going to want to see. Mm-hmm. Now we need like four or five set pieces to get us there. Go. And they just don't got answers, man. Uh, I, no, their answers are all too. F- they're bummers. <laughs> Every single one is a fucking bummer. And I hate it. I it, That's the thing. I I think conceptually, your this is amazing. Your hearts turned dark. What happened? This is an eight. This is like <laughs> what you, you went in here trying to, to take an 80s arm wrestling movie seriously. What's going on? That, that's the problem is I didn't want to take it seriously. And this movie almost forces me to try. And that's the thing I don't like because like, look, conceptually, I love it. I think it's hilarious that you would have this super heartfelt, sappy tragedy story (laughs) in the middle, smack in the middle of an R, the dumbest kind of competition I could think of. Mm -hmm. No offense to people who do it, uh, but 
like the act of sitting down and watching this movie coming from you. I got to say, Jim. Fair, fair. The act of sitting down and watching this movie is the thing that I don't enjoy. I I like it conceptually. (laughs) Actually engaging with it is another thing entirely. I as well. I mean, I got to disagree with you because like it's it's the other thing is it's 90 minutes. And Mm -hmm. again, I cherish all of the absurdity. It's like that's the thing. It's like. This movie is best enjoyed by you never letting yourself forget that it's about a custody battle by a man who has abandoned <laughs> his child for 12 years and is showing up out of the blue because. Yeah, there's a layer of and, and absurdity like, and like, there. And, and the fact that like the movie gives you all these breadcrumbs of like this mystery of why, of why, how mm-hmm. did this happen? How did this happen? But they it's like a shepherd's tone that just constantly. Right. But it, it will never get there. There is never any resolution to that. There's this improbable and and when I say improbable and when you see the final eight contestants of this thing, you'll know what I mean. This improbable victory that this guy has in this contest is the only thing that keeps this from essentially being Duquan's ending from the wire season four. He's just going. He's a homeless person Mm -hmm. with this aging bum who's just yeah. pushing a shopping cart and trying to collect scrap metal to get put food in their belly and drugs in their veins that like if he don't beat mm-hmm. the fucking bull, bull yeah he's done he's, he's done uh-huh no he's leveraged he the, the his entire his life rope. he's like yeah he's done he's done yeah uh no it, it's you remember that movie we watched with paul newman called the verdict where it's kind of a story of him of redeeming course, sure. himself as a lawyer and a, a, a lover <laughs> yeah. and everything. What if that uh-huh. movie ended just with like a killer banjo uh, t- playing tournament or something? <laughs> like that's the vibe that I get. Like or, or a hopscotch tournament. Like like professional yeah. hopscotch is is <laughs> what I would like to see. What's at funny the end. is like there is something cool about this movie. Uh-huh. There is about this idea and several films since have unlocked a mystery, uh, a much better version of this movie. If you just want the like awesome side of it is real steel with Hugh Jackman okay. and boxing robots, a much better version of this from the emotional angle is uh, uh, Southpaw. I, I was going to say a much better version of this movie is Rocky. Like, this movie is rocky. Well, I'm talking about it's it just... specifically with the child element, where oh, like okay, a person yes. ha- who has down on his luck has to redeem yeah, this yeah. this you know this relationship with the child, um, and and like show the actual hard work because like where Southpaw, where you know Jake Gyllenhaal actually has to suffer and have personal growth, like mm-hmm. sliced alone, literally just oh, you know it's a mistake his way through the entire interaction, and he doesn't become a better father, he becomes. And a probably successful arm wrestler. Yeah. And, uh, and I said how dumb arm wrestling competitions are, right? And I want to contextualize this. So you yeah. and I are both big fans of the strongman competitions. Sure. Uh, I love that uh, you shit. Know, you get Bjorn Bjornsson out there or whatever, lifting yeah. 400 kilogram boulders onto pedestals. Yeah, and telephone I'm poles. Pulling trucks. Through, Why not? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I love, love that, that shit. shit. I Stupid does not necessarily mean it's bad or shouldn't be participated in or watched. I I think yes. arm wrestling is a stupid thing, but it is a hell of a lot of fun to watch at the end of this movie. Oh, I'll watch I, if there if I was turning a channel and I saw an actual no shit live wrestling arm wrestling channel, I would be right? that's it. That's my afternoon. Yeah. I feel that way about sumo competition. Like just <laughs> uh-huh. if there's big sweaty dudes pulling and grunting, I'm. <laughs> 
that's, I like that's the extremes. Deep of, down is my actual sexuality. I think. Yeah, because you know, I just, just draw like a magnet. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like seeing the extremes of humanity. You know, and and there you go, guys with boulder-sized arms uh, mm-hmm. slamming each other's arms to the table, p- potentially yeah, these peak breaking human experiences. Arms? These peak human experiences. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's 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 what I'm in for. Uh, shall we get to? I mean, we've kind of been spoiling the shit out of this movie. Uh, yeah. I don't think this is this is another movie, much like Commando, where it, it just can't be spoiled. Like the premise is the movie. The movie is the premise. Um, it's also surprising. I there's a lot of um. I feel like because here's the other thing that that maybe you and I don't have to share. I watched this movie a ton as a kid. Because oh, wow. I, and I've talked about how, like, I would sneak watching like Commando or Predator and like watch it between my fingers because I was kind of a pussy as a kid when I was like seven or eight years old. But in that same era, Sly Stallone made this movie, which is not R rated and was on cable TV constantly when I was a kid. Sure. And it was like the like this is a very kid version for a safe version, like action movie, you know. And mm-hmm. I watched the hell out of it and like and it was super quotable. Like I, you know, me and my cousins would like do these fake arm wrestling matches all the time. So like may- maybe that's why I'm a little bit more forgiving of it, because I also see it kind of like with Star Wars kids eyes like. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I don't. I, that's the thing. I don't know how I missed it as a kid because I did watch a lot of television and movies on television. But I don't remember, remember seeing this until I was in my 20s. Yeah, uh, it which, might be pretty Gen Xy. I it, it yeah. was what's wild is Cecily and I just started a rewatch of you know like we've got we've got dinner television we call it which is essentially twenty minute comedies you mm-hmm. know like stuff yep. like Futurama is what we're doing now sure exactly uh, we started Community and season one episode ten contains a really awesome over the top riff uh, <laughs> huh. where uh, Troy out of nowhere challenges uh, Abed to all these different physical feats and Abed seen all these movies and he's like improbably beating the athletic Troy with his over the top and he does the flip the switch trucker cap he does the finger you know <laughs> thing uh, so, so let's describe it you know people who haven't seen this yeah. may not know what the title means what does the title have to do with arm wrestling um as best I can tell, this is a so no, no, this isn't a sly only move. This is done by another competitor at one point to him. Yep. Um, yep. So the the concept of over the top is when you are, you know, engaged in an arm wrestling match. Got your you got your arms uh, locked. There's something you can do where you can get leverage over the other person. And there's no fucking way this works in real life that it, it I if someone can explain the physics to me, I'd love it. But you, mm-hmm. you take your fingers and you get them over the top of your opponent's <laughs> thumb. And that somehow uh-huh. gives you more leverage to slam their arm, their whole arm to the table. Yeah. And it's this ridiculous thing where like, he's, he's curling his fingers up. Right. And every time you so, see it, you're like, Oh, there's the power move. And it's, it's supposed to be this big yeah. deal. Yeah. And it's so, it should surprise no one that I actually looked into this. You please uh, and tell t- me. Apparently, there is a lot of technique in arm wrestling. It's not just but it's wrist based, uh, right? It's got to be. 
it's a lot of wrist, but it's also, also a lot of like engaging your shoulder and your yeah. chest and your back muscles, yes. finding ways to like use large portions together. But yes, there's also positional things where if you can get a leverage of if you can get someone like your wrist a little bit over the top of the other person, so you've got them backwards. They're not only they got a mechanical disadvantage because it essentially changes the the nature of the lever that they're pushing against you. Yeah, but it has but nothing it to do not, with the move. <laughs> What it is not is extending your fingers uh, theatrically and uh, then slowly wrapping them over like a fucking tarantula killing a cricket. No, right. that is as far. And, 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 and to an extent that it seems like that would just be like loosening your grip and you would probably get called on as a foul and you get all uh-huh. belted up, strapped up, which which he doesn't you know, even after the strap. It's strap yeah, doesn't stop over the top. The over the top it's uh so it's 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 essentially boiling down um a, a, then there's many different ways you can do over the top there's like the hook there's there's like there's like a lot of different moves that you can do there's mm-hmm. like, like some of its timing like an explosive burst of power at the beginning can sometimes mm-hmm. get but like it, they, it all boils it down to just one slow-mo easily recognizable which I mean, I guess that's because, like, the other way, if they did it realistically, it'd probably be, like, um, if you don't have, you've never seen MMA before, and you're, and you start watching it, your first reaction is, like, the ground and pound stuff is, like, super fucking boring, right? Right, right. When you learn more about MMA, the ground stuff becomes more exciting because it's, like, a mm-hmm. second-by-second battle for position and angles, and it's, like, you you know, but... Yeah, if you understand why having your knee in a certain position gives you more leverage and is dangerous for the other the other competitor, it, yeah. it becomes a lot more interesting to watch. Uh, I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm and this assuming, would all just be, like, oh, his wrist is slightly back in an yes, angle. He's in danger I'm, of I'm going... I'm assuming that... He, even if every minute of the 90 minute runtime was arm wrestling at the end of the movie, you still probably couldn't appreciate a good over the top right. maneuver, you know, and, at and full here's, speed in a- here's the thing. I only appreciate good UFC fights because of Joe Rogan. And I'm not going to say anything about the man other than he is an outstanding commentator when it comes to, yes, uh, to MMA stuff. He we'll taught me so much. Uh, yes. If they had the announcer, would this work? If they had the announcer, the commentator in this movie Ooh. commentating about why that, like, why the wrist angle was important and all that stuff, instead of every fucking five minutes at the end of this movie, the commentator gets in and is like, this is a double elimination tournament. That means you have to lose twice to be out, which means Dude. that if you lose once, you are not out. Don't forget this is a double elimination. He says double elimination tournament in six different permutations 18 times at the end of this movie within a half an I hour. I almost started a podcast when he, when he, by saying this is a double elimination <laughs> podcast. That means if one podcaster is eliminated, they get another chance to podcast. That's two effective chances of podcast. It's it's absurd. I, well, OK, let's talk about that. Why is it in the movie and does the movie accurately observe it? Because by my counts, what should have happened at the end yes. is as soon as Sly beat Bull, Bull should have come back and said, all right, let's see you do it twice in a row, tiny man. So did they not show, did I miss it or did they not show Bull losing once? It seemed like they showed every single one of Bull's bouts and uh-huh. he went won them all convincingly. Right, because otherwise, and why is he the guy to beat, right? It's kind of bullshit for them to say, like, I think, yeah, the easy way to reconcile this is, well, Bull lost. We just saw it off screen. But that's and and, and to some extent that we didn't see a lot of double eliminations. We mm-hmm. only saw Hawks elimination. But like 
narratively, I don't understand because he comes back and fights the same guy literally twice in a row. What kind yeah. of fucking horse shit elimination is that? Like, I don't know. I, don't I thought know. the whole point is you go and you fight someone else and you might have to fight that guy again. But like, uh, I mean, I, that, but that's like the thing about double elimination. It can always come down to that, right? If one person doesn't ever lose, it will always come down to one. Well, maybe not. It could come down to four matches, right? Or, or at yeah. least three matches. Um, uh-huh. But it's almost certainly going to be at least two. Right. Unless yeah, the way unless, I understand a double elimination bracket. Yeah. Because most of them, it seems like even the championship, there's usually like a hypothetical line going down from that to show the result of what would happen if you had an undefeated champ. Or like you said, two right. undefeated champs would be a best out of three contest, essentially. Yeah, you got to win. Th- yeah, th- there will be at least three matches. So I I don't know, man. Uh, that that was the thing. I Because while it was happening, right? And that final match goes on for five minutes. Yes. Uh, yes. And I'm thinking, boy, this is awfully climactic for what I know can't be the final match based on the Uh 55 times this guy has said double elimination means one Uh loss is not put you out of this tournament folks. It's a double elimination (laughs) tournament, but then the movie just ends there. The the tournament is over after one loss by bull as best I can tell. Yeah. And here's so like, but I I keep coming back to structurally. Why did they think they needed Hawk to lose? Because like that's, that's it's clearly they're like we need to bring this guy to an emotional low point, yeah. So Robert Loji could come and call him a piece of shit and give him an assaulting offer to settle with the boy, so he can get all chesty about it and get all raged up and then flip his switch and then win the contest. And his son can me, give him the eye of the tiger, right? Yeah. To me, like they already had it there. Like it seemed like in the going into the semifinals that he had injured himself. And was starting to doubt and thinking that, like, not only is this guy a monster and I'm kind of afraid I can't beat him, but I might have a torn rotator cuff or some shit and they're working me over. Like, I don't like the double elimination is such a fucking meme. I don't think it's worth it to get him. Like, I, I thought he was already there when he's he's kind of looks defeated. and The doctors are working him over. And you could even have one guy say, you know, I can't I can't vouch for your tendon. If you if if you if, right. if, if if you keep on this, but the double that's double is just to get us that extra kick in the teeth before Robert Loja calls him a piece of shit, and I don't think it was worth it. I really don't. Yeah, no, and it it amplifies the stakes if they have if he has to beat him twice, right? Then it would be like, oh shit, he's not going to beat this guy twice. He can barely beat right. him once, uh, but they don't right. do it as best I can tell. And there's also a lot of other anticlimactic things like this bull has been mad shit talking. Yeah, I'm going to uh, break your shit in arm. I'm going to break your shit in arm. <laughs> this guy is a poet. Uh, his yeah. line, he has no shit in business in my ring uh-huh. is the funniest. Maybe this was eventually an R rating and they're like, you know what? Let's let's step back from the abyss and change all the fuckings to shittins and we'll call it good because what the hell? <laughs> um. This guy who has been nonstop trash talking and violently doing getting like all these multiple personal fouls and punching this guy in the face and all this other stuff. Um, why when he gets a beat, they're still strapped together. Mm-hmm. So there's many awkward shots of <laughs> them both getting their arms raised in victory and bull just kind of sitting there like 
calmly and kind of just waiting to be unleashed from this guy. Yeah. There's like it there's a lot of unintentional comedy in those first 60 seconds after championship where Bull is suddenly just completely docile about losing this match. Right. It makes no sense. After all, I, I don't believe you'd be this good a sport after all the shit talking and the fouling. He punches Sylvester Stallone in the Dude. face dur- be- right yeah. before a match while the judge is looking, while the ref is yeah. watching. Big Gets blood a small sport. foul. Big blood sport energy. Yeah. Right? Like, sure, if he had thrown sand in his eyes, if he had put glass in the straps or something, uh-huh. like, uh-huh. It, that would be the equivalent. But, like, he's just, yeah, he turns into this nothing. Right after he wins, because you need the moment to be about Stallone winning, exactly. right? Not Bull losing. But. but there's a better movie where that 60 seconds, Stallone, Stallone's trying to celebrate with his boy. <laughs> and Bull's and yanking Bull's on his arm. Bull's just not having it. He's <laughs> yeah. not having it. He's like just, just you know, just, just this angry Tasmanian devil being restrained uh-huh. by three different refs. And be like, you ain't shit. You ain't shit, Hawk. This is right? my shit in tournament. Yeah, no, and but, but that's not happening because... <laughs> Just so Sly can enjoy the moment. Yeah. It's really funny. Yeah. It's really funny. They're being so, so, and, and, oh my God, everything about, I feel like we've, we've shot a load by talking about the best part of the movie. Everything about that five minute epic arm wrestle, like what the Mm -hmm. closer they get in and like the fundamentally funny faces that Bull is making in defeat, like right when he knows, like when they, they have this, the, this, this two shots where it's like, Sly's got the eye of the tiger and Bull's got the eye of the bull about to be slaughtered. And his mm-hmm. just all of the facial expression this guy makes as he's going down yeah. in extreme close up are every it's every paint if every frame of painting. It's so amazing. It, yeah, let's talk about the style. So every frame of painting on this stuff. The the close-ups are are no shit like Close-ups of just their eyes, right? At that time, yeah. so they're arm wrestling. It's like and Peter you'll get, Jackson, Lord of the Rings, selling Temptation of the Ring, extreme close-up. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then th- this whole this whole movie is fucking weird. Uh, so there's also this like documentary feel that they've got going on during this tournament uh-huh. because like they're a they're showing real footage from an actual tournament that was set up around this yes. movie in Vegas. We'll talk about that they in a second. Threw it over the top. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, B uh <laughs> they're they're throwing in these cutaway interviews like a reality show with these arm yes. wrestlers off screen uh, off promo, promo to packages. the packages yeah which is like a wrestling event kind of thing that uh-huh. oh, but it has the energy of like a documentary like we sat down with these people mm-hmm. and just chatted and that's like during the height of the arm wrestling competition. So you'll see like five people get their arms slammed and then they'll cut away to bull right. and go. He's got no shit in business in my ring. And then they'll right. cut back. I drive trucks, break arms and arm wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's just weird. Cause, cause the rest of the movie is just like, you know, a narrative driven uh, film. And then it cuts away to these weird things at the end. I I've, I'm I think they should go in the opposite direction. I was pissed that we only got six out of the eight finalist video packages. Yeah, I wanted to know up with that thick Asian dude. What what was his whole deal? I want and there's a, a mystery man who I guess you have to unlock in future DLC who's just never seen. You see seven out of the eight fi- huh. semifinalists, and it kind of sucks because like, who's your favorite? Oh, it's tough because. Grizzly is amazing. We can talk Dude. about him in a second, but I really like Cleve Dean, who is an actual arm wrestler, 
because he yeah. doesn't look like he'd be an arm wrestler, right? He's just a no offense. He's a big fat slob, right? Like he's just a, a uh-huh. big fat dude. Uh huh. And he's up there crushing people's he's arms. The Can- like for he's real. the Canadian guy, right? He's the Canadian one. I don't he? know where he hails from, but he's. Yeah. You, you know him when you see him. When I say he's a big fat dude, you know him when you see him. Because the rest of these guys aren't really. Aside from Bull, who I believe has some muscle mass under there. And I mean, Cleve oh, must, yeah. right? Cleve must have something going on under the the pounds and pounds of fat. But I, yeah, I like him a lot. I John Grizzly is my favorite. I'm sorry. This yeah, guy I mean, he's who has just got a wild man. He's covered head to toe in fur. He drinks motor oil. Uh, swallows yeah, a cigar. Swallows a cigar. <laughs> a lit cigar. As he's about to, a lit cigar as he's about to 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 go to town. Uh, and then then the the shot that always slayed us as kids is the follow up shot of him like, oh, drinking Alka Seltzer. <laughs> right. Wait a second. I, I'm not done breaking down the championship. We got away uh-huh. from this. I got to get like this is. First of all, who let because 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 Bull gets two fouls in the finale. Mm-hmm. I can only assume that he got the, the refs assess the letting go penalty on Bull. Is that fair? Because oh. no. I felt that Sly is the one that let go. Yeah. Yeah. He's and the Bull one caught it. Bull called it. He's like, you fucking let go. You put and. I mean, certainly he didn't. He, mentally. he knew he didn't have over the top. He knew he didn't have over the top. So he just like right. He, but but he Bill emotionally got the foul, let go. Right? <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah. Bull. Bull yeah. must have got the foul. I think he does get the foul, and it's. But ultimately, it's moot. Like, what the fuck does a foul mean? You know, he either I, win or the, lose. My, that was my follow up question: Is how many fouls do you have to get to lose a match? Because it seems like two <laughs> and something. Like this isn't like a sixty minute game of basketball. Where you can like ride the bench a little bit, like this is right. a one and done bout in uh-huh. theory. And there's only How one way to win, only get? one way to lose. There are no points, right? You're not scoring on points like in boxing, to where a foul just reduces your points. You win or lose. You slam the other guy's yeah. hand to the mat, or yeah. or you get yours slammed. I imagine if you commit to like I, I met, so I, I guess it must be three fouls and you're out, or else what the fuck? And maybe yeah. I'm almost on Bill a bull side because if. Sly got away with slipping hands and and not and, and putting the foul on him. Then maybe the punch is retribution. <laughs> well, the punch came before. The punch was first. No, right? no, 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 no. Because they were strapped in. That was the incredible thing about the punch. It's like stop hurting yourself. Oh, I thought it was before they strapped he him in. He punched Sly okay. with his own fist. He does. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Maybe I'm coming around to Bull's way of seeing things. Yeah, no, and I, and I do think that Bull, I think Sly was ducking Bull. I don't. I think Bull is too mm-hmm. strong. Like, and I also read in the production that they hired a guy even bigger than Bull, mm-hmm. and they had to let him go the first day of filming because they're like nobody will believe this Sylvester Stallone could beat this guy. <laughs> That's the thing, man. So much of arm wrestling is not about sheer strength; it's about leverage, right? So, like, it's about you it's have a, lot a longer about arm. They have weight classes, just like they do in boxing, because of that. Sure. Uh, if you sure. if you have a longer arm, you get more leverage over the person uh, that you're. That's you're the thing. Competing. It's that it feels like there should be because like it's my understanding that like if, if it's not even just long bones, it's like if your tendon is attached 
two millimeters higher up the bone than the average person, that is going to increase into like a 10 or 15% strength boost, all else being equal. It's like almost like you got to like, okay, measure how long your radius and your ulna are, how long, (laughs) because like, yeah, just the raw beef is a big part of it. But if you're one of those people that have chimpanzee arms, uh, you're going to win even though you look you got like Clint Eastwood muscles like and then you get a guy that looks like <laughs> yeah you know what I'm saying like I'm not saying yeah, Clint wiry. Eastwood looks like a wuss he's got those wiry ropey uh-huh. yeah, yeah 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 uh the table jockeying that yeah. goes on and the the ref ego where the ref's like on the ref you put your elbows here like <laughs> right. calm down everybody knows where the elbows go there's big big cushions. For those per how else would where else would you put your elbow? Yeah. If you were going to do this bout, you know, like settle down, settle down, ref man. <laughs> uh there there are some other really good my my favorite part of the arm wrestling stuff is always seeing people like go for the slam, right? Because like yeah. there's this jerking sort of thing they do right. to like really the power. Get leverage on them. Off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Blow right. And power. surprise them, yeah. Surprise them with a, a sudden burst of of power. I always really like seeing that. And there are a couple matches where like they'll do three, three shots like that. And then the guy just mm-hmm. gives up, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. good stuff. There's one shot that I almost can't watch in this movie. And it's where one guy actually gets his elbow just destroyed, like broken Dude. and pulls his arm around in the wrong direction. And that wasn't, that wasn't a thing they planned for or anything, but it really happened during filming. It's it's like because like you hear all these stories about like oh Ben Hur during the Coliseum scene a dude gets ran over by a horse and it's real and it's like ah eh, is it and like oh and in the one scene in Wizard of Oz you can see one of the guys that hung himself from a tree it's like I don't know right. and like three men and a bit and a, and a little lady there's a ghost in the ah this real like a dude's arm got broken in half yeah and it's kind of like it's not like he, it, it 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 feels like his I don't know, like his uh, elbow disintegrated because it's 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 only really nasty if you look at his elbow because it just develops three joints instantly. Yeah. And uh, and it's what's remarkable about it, too, is like the the guy looks kind of like in dumbfoundedness for a couple of minutes for a couple seconds, like a three beat. Mm -hmm. And then he just screams. Yeah. I always wonder is like, is that what it took for the adrenaline to be overcome? And he actually felt how bad that hurt. Or is he like, shit, I'm on camera. It's rolling. I might <laughs> oh, like, like kind of like uh, Aragorn breaking his toe on the orc helmet. Like I uh, yeah. fuck it. I'm going to use it. You know, DiCaprio cutting himself in 12 years. Slave. Yeah. Or, no. Yeah. In, yeah, uh, yeah. Not 12 years a slave. The other <laughs> for shit. Uh, I can't Ravenous? think it is Django uh, Unchained no, no. oh 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 yeah 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 with on the skull gotcha yeah, yeah. I want to talk about the kid all right because we talk about the kid a lot and I think he did an okay job but I also think this kid is fundamentally like he started off I think pretty realistically written uh-huh. Uh, you know, he's this uptight kid that's uh, sent to a military academy, and and they do this, they they do this great establishing shot of uh, uh, you know, him him at commencement, I guess, and he's kind of looking around, expecting somebody to be there, and nobody's there for him. Uh, and then this rough rough neck guy picks him up out of nowhere. No one communicated this to him. 
Uh, he's been told this guy is a drug dealer, a deadbeat, like his grandfather specifically told him not to do the what he's, he's being done. He tries to get away from him. Like there's a lot of this kid where uh, he just has to act like a, a massive pain in the ass mm-hmm. and then still and and. But there's a fundamental disconnect because, like, I like that early spark where he's, like, clearly trying to f- split the difference between his military academy training, yes, sir, no, sir, ultra respectful, mm-hmm. and being a punk ass. Yeah. And I feel like they don't they, – they abandon that and he just starts being cruel. Like, you're a dumbass, dad. <laughs> you're in a different you social fucking, strata than I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just better than you. I'm sorry. And it's uh-huh. kind of like some scary Nazi genetics kind of backgrounds, too. <laughs> and – Ah, it just and and then the the turning point of the movie involves Stallone getting so tired of this kid bullying him that he's like, "Oh, you think my job so you just drive a truck." Which is a child's way of winning an argument, I got to say. <laughs> okay. You know, yeah. like, look, I'm not saying it's the easiest thing in the world to drive a truck. I just know that if I went to like a six week class, I would be an expert at it. All right. This sure. isn't, this isn't like rocket science or brain surgery. Um, but then the resolution of this guy, you know, emotionally bu- trying to bully his child is seen as like this uplifting thing. Um, but it's also a 12 year old piloting a big rig down a highway. Yeah. With like, I swear when they start off, they, they, they go to a different place. They go to some back road where nobody is and there's like just farmland or whatever. But when they start off that scene, I think there's a continuity error or something. Cause I could have sworn they were on like the side of a mountain with a cliff on yeah. one side, cars whizzing by on the <laughs> uh-huh. other. And he's uh-huh. handing over control of this big rig with, with a full trailer, by the way, he's like yes. hauling shit at that point yeah, to yeah. this child. There's a lot of, and it, and, it, and it works out, but like it, it was constructed as a way for this guy to, I think, humiliate the kid and the kid just t- happened to be good at the thing. And then there's another scene where he arranges his kid to hustle Scott Farkas from A Christmas Story. Is it legit him? No, it's not. Oh, okay. It's that, it could it's, have been. It's, it could, right? Yeah. It could have been. It's he's, he's stamped out of the same mold of like kid bully, right? Mm-hmm. And this kid's like, what, two, three years older than him, probably yeah. got 20, 30, 40 pounds at least, a couple inches in height advantage. And he's like, hey, you got to arm wrestle this guy. It's going to be good for your confidence. And this guy is emotionally bullying the shit out of this kid. He's calling him like a wimp and saying <laughs> mm-hmm. he's going to break his arm and he's going to make him pee his pants and cry for his mommy and doing all this shit. And then the kid gets beat and he mm-hmm. runs out there and's like, I don't know. It's like, you know, uh, you're rich and weak and uh, I'm poor and strong. And uh, I got, I got, I got, uh, yeah. And he gives this like, I've seen him do this. Like, so like in the movie Balboa, he does this to his old uh, elder son, this speech about how you got to take the knocks and you got to keep getting up and you can't be a quitter. Mm -hmm. But he's given this to a 12 year old who's confronting a 15 year old bully that you set up. And he's like, it doesn't matter if you win or lose, but you can tell that it kind of does matter. And you're going to want this. And then he sends him up there. And this kid wins because he goes over the top, number one. And number two, the mm-hmm. movie needs it. Yeah. Gave him the eye of the tiger. But there's two. There's like these two scenes where the like, I don't know that the movie's aware of like how shitty what Sly is doing to this kid. He's setting himself up in a place where he can will probably fail. Should yeah. fail. Yeah. No, I, I, 
the truck scene, the truck driving scene, I like a little bit more because I mean, like, look, the the father teaching the son to drive is a bonding moment between father yes. and son, typically, right? I mean, you just yeah. went through this with your kid. That was that was probably sure. a pretty good time for you. Uh-huh. Scary, uh-huh. but also a pretty good time. Uh, wasn't twelve years old, and it wasn't a big rig, but <laughs> right, right, and it wasn't a public road, probably. Uh, yeah, but but. I kind of like how it morphs into that sweet moment of like a father teaching his son to drive and how the kid sort of starts getting into it at the end. Like, yeah. okay, but I, it, it becomes something different by the end of that scene, which I enjoyed, but you're right. It starts off as like, yeah, kind of a prove it to this kid that he's not any better than you and a little bit of bullying. And especially since, uh, I think I'm I'm with you. I think the truck stuff works a lot better because it does morph into. I think that's one of the important things you got to do to your kids as they become teenagers is you got to be their hype man. Like as your parents, like you got to be the one yeah, ta- telling yeah. them that like you know. And I you could probably take it too far the other way, but like telling your kid that they look sharp, they look put together, they're really nailing whatever they're doing. You're proud, like you know, like hey, watch out for my here comes like that. They kids love that shit, and and it's like you know, rain to flowers, but. I think the other part, not only is it just seems like he's setting this kid up to fail in like almost a cruel way, but also still Stallone for whatever reason is not really engaged in material. Yeah. So he's like the, the speech feels half hearted from him. Mm -hmm. And I guess, again, I've seen him give this identical speech like three different times in other movies where he crushes it. Yeah. But this, this is not one. This Um, lose like a winner stuff. Yeah. It's not, it's not quite as good. Also, I don't like the message that he's giving his kid here. It's, right. There, there's a line where he tells the kid, like the world doesn't meet anybody halfway. You got to do what's best for you. And you want something, you got to take it. That, yeah. that to me is rationalized selfishness that he is teaching his kid is like an entitlement. Right. And it's exactly why this kid hates him because he did that. It, it, my guess is he did that. In, in you know the, his childhood right like he's telling on himself his yeah. kid's two years old and he was like fuck this I hate my wife I hate having a kid I'm gonna go out and just be a fucking trucker and I'm gonna arm wrestle and I'm gonna live my life fuck these people right and, and you and your life has been substantially worsened by that and now you're gonna take this yeah. advice and do it to your kid potentially what the hell <laughs> it's a terrible yeah. message because that's the thing is like reading between the lines i think that so that that this this hawk guy came from nothing which is not bad and he falls in love with the uptown girl mm-hmm. and her dad's probably blowing him a, a decent amount of shit about like worried about he's going to be a shiftless bum and a loser and Stallone, I guess, hears that for about a year and then's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to be a shiftless bob and loser. And he goes <laughs> off and proves the old man right until yeah. his wife, which that's, oh, Jesus Christ. This is so unrealistic. This guy left them and he still refers to her as his wife. She still calls him his husband. They call each other honey. Like they have this close relationship. Ten years ago, he left. Okay, this this goes into another fucking mystery of this thing. <laughs> Who hid the letters from Mikey? Oh yeah, his his mom because or his grandfather. I thought the the bombshell revelation would be that the grandfather has done it. That he was going to go through, but Mikey goes up and goes through into his granddad's office and he pries into all the stuff and there's nothing there. And he goes mm-hmm. into another storage facility. There's nothing there. He goes into what I can only think is his dead mom's 
bedroom Mm -hmm. and in her various purses are stuffed everything the other smoking gun is she got she got all of stallone like his mom got all of stallone's letters all of of hawk's letters so like if it was the grandpa putting the kibosh i would think he would put it on all levels sure what is this what the fuck is this mom playing at and why doesn't stallone once in the whole fucking movie when he's asking her saying like hey you know uh, i've been writing this kid like every fucking day and he's not getting the letters what the fuck like why yeah why did i never get a response um and and why if she's on her deathbed and she wants them to reconnect doesn't she confess to him Look, yeah, I I never gave him your letters, so this is going to be an obstacle you need to overcome with him. Or give the kid the letters and let him know I'm sending your father to pick you up. Here are all the letters he wrote you. He doesn't actually hate you. Yeah, yeah. like what's the rationale for taking that stuff? Here? Also, like her <laughs> right. rationale for you need to understand. You need to. You've only learned. You've only known one way of living. <sighs> I mean, I get, there's look, there's definitely value for if there if you have a trust fund kid to like, you know, I don't know how the hell you expose them to the quote unquote real world. I don't make them mm-hmm. serve a couple of years in Peace Corps or something, but like drifting the roads with your dad who's got like a 1950s truck that's about to blow up. Uh, it doesn't seem like a great way to do that. And I don't know, like the grandfather never seemed like he's super aggressive or like abusive. Like the kid, yeah, yeah. you know, when, 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 uh, Hawks in jail and the, you know, he's like, uh, the lawyer's like, Oh, we're going to take you for full custody. And he's like, what does Mike you think? He's like, asking himself. Mike's asking reasonable questions, right? Mm-hmm. Well, where would I stay? What would we do? How would I go to school? Yeah. yeah. Right. And Stallone has no answers for that. He still, that's the thing. By the end of the movie, none of those answers will be answered too. But like, I never understand like a core is like, why is he be giving this extra shot? It's not like, Hey, we want you to be a part of this kid's life. He'll still stay in our mansion, of course, and attend our private schools. But we would like you to come by and, you know, when you're in town from your long haul hang out, it's like you got to choose. Do you want to be drifting with your dad or the stability of a family? Yeah, this movie is is asking me to hold like two different some serious cognitive dissonance in my head yes. the entire time. Like it wants me to believe that Hawk is a piece of shit um and that he has to go to great lengths to earn back the trust of his child. But Sylvester Stallone, you know, in the moments where he does like turn on Sylvester Stallone uh charm and stuff, he, he's actually like yeah. the whole time he's playing this really nice guy, right? Who's totally changed sure. and he feels bad about what he did and he wants to reconnect. Whatever like, he did. He's super sympathetic in in every way uh, except for the story because the story is telling me he's not right. Like he's this guy who made this choice to leave his family and has been gone for 10 years. But they never tell me why either. They don't uh-huh. want me to know why. They don't want me to know enough about that to hate him because they want me to look at him and like him. And I don't, I can't get over the clash of those two things. Yeah, like the movie doesn't, it's just like, look, it's his dad. That's enough, right? And I'm like, I know a lot of dads. And no, it's not. <laughs> right? No, it is no. fucking not. Especially if he's got a situation like as great, which maybe that's not ideal from some certain other angles. But, like, it's a lot fucking better than sleeping in a goddamn truck. 
that initially didn't even have a sleeper cap. That night that they slept <laughs> Dude, upright yeah. and this old ass fucking semi had to be the worst night of sleep that kids ever had. Yeah. And and simultaneously, they want me to hate Robert Loja. And I can't hate him in this movie because he's talking about a deadbeat guy who left his family 10 years ago, hasn't spoken a word as best he knows to them. And like wants what's best for this kid, doesn't abuse the kid. I can't. Like if this guy was a piece of shit, kidnapped. but that was after they spent the night at a rest stop at the side of the road in this guy's like, again, bedless cab. So true. True. He doesn't have the kid kidnapped, but like, I, I don't know. I, I never <laughs> saw anything that I was like, God damn, he's a real piece of shit. Um, and, and, and it's and all it's never, all reputation, right? It's like, oh, he's the rich right. guy with the mansion and the high power business right. guy. So he and must he be an about asshole. Your dad dealing drugs and all that kind of stuff. And the, I, the, the movie look, shortcuts not, that shit too much, too much, in my opinion. That's pretty egregious to tell a kid that his dad deals drugs. Like you never want to like tear down a, a, a child's <laughs> parents in service sure, of trying to protect sure. them. But do but we yeah, know that I mean, he did? By eighties. <laughs> By 80s, well, by 80s, and that's the thing is like maybe mom told him all that because again, I don't see any smoking gun evidence that the grandpa's a, a, a bad a bad guy other than the movie wants me to think that Sylvester Sloan just deserves the the not just have time with his kid, but to have primary custody of his kid for his kid to live with him. Right, like that's the thing. If you if you genuinely thought that Hawk was a bad guy, and you could be forgiven for that because he ran out on his family ten years ago, yeah. If you genuinely uh-huh. think he's a bad guy, wouldn't you do everything you could to fight for custody of this child, of your grandchild? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. I'm a little sympathetic to Robert Loja's position in this movie. I yeah. So so to just like shortcut it so much to say he's rich, he's bad, mm-hmm. done deal is like not compelling to me. And let me let me let, let, let's break down the poor life decisions that we see Lincoln Hawk make in 90 minutes of film. I've All got right. a list. All right. Number one, he named his son Michael. <laughs> what is this kid's full name? Well, I'm, I'm going to go over to IMDb and I'm going to look at this kid's full name because it's not what you think. I know what you want me to say. Uh-huh. IMDb says that this kid's name is Michael Cutler. His grandfather's last name. How is that possible? So Sly Stallone is a putative father? Uh, Dude, I don't know because his name's Lincoln Hawk. His mother's name is Christina Hawk, which by extension, like you like you were asking me here, would make the kid's name Mike Hawk. (laughs) <laughs> yep yep the simpsons joke essentially if the simpsons uh-huh. could say that on on, on national television my cock see more butts yes this, this so, movie has a see more butts so so i i see that i that that the uh, robert luge here he's a hero he's saving this kid from trauma <laughs> apparently he's in a michael uh, coulter or whatever but but uh, so how that, okay. like did he adopt the kid officially was that the thing and if that's the case, why is his lawyer raving about like, there's no way you're going to get cut. He's already, if he's adopted him, he's already the fucking kid's legal. I think that's just, yeah. I think that's IMDB being cowards. Yes, uh, I agree. Secondly, why, why does Sylvester Stallone show up late to this kid's commencement? Uh, traffic. Did, did he not? Traffic. Did, did, I mean, he's he's bucketing himself off in some parking lot. Like, I just think it's poor planning. Your first time, and it's it's causing the kid distress. He's looking around. Where is anybody? There's nobody here for me. Yeah, There's nobody here for me. He Why is Robert Loja to- there? That's what I want to know. Yeah. 
Oh, that's a well. He's sending for so that's like maybe a point against Robert Loja that he's sending as his rich butler for him and a and a. But anyway, right? He picks up the yeah. kid. First decision he makes, I'm gonna take him to the kind of low rent trucker bar where impromptu wrestling arm wrestling bouts are issued to yeah. the extent that there's an arm wrestling ring set up. <laughs> right. The kid and and as soon as as soon as the re- arm wrestling's on, he just abandons the kid. Like uh-huh. Bull could have grabbed that kid, ripped him in half like a phone book, and that nothing <laughs> could have been done, you know. And it looked like Bull kind of wanted True. to. Yeah. So is that your dad? Yeah. Too fucking bad. Too shit and bad. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the second thing mm-hmm. is his father-in-law kidnaps his child. He saves him. By ramming the vehicle off the road, yep. none of these people wearing seatbelts, by the way, and yep. pinning it against other vehicles. Yeah. Smashing into it with his big rig, <laughs> driving it off the road. Uh-huh. Dangerous. Extremely dangerous. So, in all the, the, the chicanery and the exercise routine and the wrestling matches, they mm-hmm. arrive at the hospital too late for his mother, to, for, his, for the kid to see his mother before she dies. That's an asshole move. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, the kid renounces him at this point. He goes to the funeral in his finest black denim shirt, and he interrupts the priest. <laughs> he walks like the priest is in the middle of his sermon. He walks up, and the priest, taken aback, stops. So what? I'm a and grieving he lays father. You're gonna, you're gonna yeah. stop a grieving father from seeing his kid. The tubes gotta go in the grave. I'm gonna, yeah. it, he's. <laughs> He's got to stop the thing and then and then then stare down his son and then walk off like, what the fuck? What kind of what kind of crazy to shit? He constantly talks about owning, wanting to own his own trucking business, Mm -hmm. but he's an independent trucker. It says on the side of his thing, Hawks trucking. You just need to expand. You got the business. You just need to expand it. Number two, the, the, the final thing is he goes in this competition he owns a truck that's worth seven thousand dollars. He sells it, and he goes to the betting booth and said, "What's the odds on Lincoln and Hawk?" And the guy's like twenty to one. And then the guy's got this whole monologue about these are the lowest odds, of, these are the longest odds of you. Must be a desperate loser to put money on this guy, pal. Puts this whole so this guy loses, and he has nothing mm-hmm. because he's down on his luck. This is his last. Come to find out, if he wins this fucking <laughs> tournament. He mm-hmm. gets a brand new two hundred thousand dollar truck and a hundred hundred and fifty thousand dollar cash prize. Cash, which is more than the maximum payout that he'll get <laughs> by mortgaging his entire future. Why is he yeah. doing this, Jim? Because he has supreme confidence he do- in himself. He's he's. But it, he doesn't. If he loses, he's gonna lose like a winner. He's going to lose like a winner. That's what he would say. He's guaranteeing if he loses, he's going to lose like a loser. Because he's got, no, I'm telling you, he's got nothing. If I know, he wins yeah. his son's love back by the end of the movie, either way, I think. But, he's got hospital bills afterward, right? If he gets his arm torn off, too. Yeah. I, I couldn't, because I, 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 like, I'm like, wow, this is kind of poignant because he's at his rope and he's just going to bet everything, hoping that he can get enough money to maybe build a better life. But that was the, that right. was already the pot that he, so it's like, oh my God, yeah. I don't understand the, the brinksmanship here. Mm-hmm. It seems insane. 
but I don't know. Maybe, maybe he was giving like himself the eye of the tiger, right? Like if you if you think ah, I got a fallback plan, you're not liable to uh, give your all during the competition. You're thinking about yeah. like ah, if I do lose, I'm okay. I got this plan and this plan. I don't know. Maybe he needed that boost. Yeah. I, we talked briefly about the exercise stuff, and I, I want to talk more about it because yes. they set this up too. There's like a there's a line where you know they're they're about to go to sleep in the terrible neck breaking cabin that he's got with no bed, <laughs> and he says tomorrow we'll exercise, and I'm like yes I can't wait because I remember what their exercises consisted of. Mm-hmm. I, this movie wants me to think that if I that I can look like Sly Stallone. If I mm-hmm. do a couple of stretches and some roadside push-ups, it, yep. it, in in addition to, he has built, and I don't know, you know, his his two hundred fifty thousand dollar truck that he wins probably doesn't come with this feature. It's got a built-in gym in his old mm-hmm. truck. He's got a just for your right side, both legs. That's what I love about it. How lopsided, lopsided must this guy be? Right, his right arm is jacked. His left side, I is withering away to nothing. I guess it's holding the it wheel. Look at that one episode of uh, Rick and Morty where Morty gets that uh, Timothy's yes. arm grafted to him. Yeah, that's uh-huh. what he should look like. Uh-huh. <laughs> totally. Driving dozens of hours per week, working out nothing but his right arm. Just slamming those plates. Just slamming those plates. <laughs> Just counting the mile markers and slamming those plates. It's glorious. Uh, trust that's me, you will not look like enduring, him doing that. That's one of my most enduring memories of this film. Like, I thought... That there was, I thought there was a lot more arm wrestling in this film. I thought like yeah. he arm wrestled like three or four mi- minor bouts before he got to the right? first one or the, the end one. There's only essentially one. Mm-hmm. And I thought there, I just like my, my enduring memory of this film is this him like, you know, I the tiger driving down the road, pumping that iron. Yeah. The other thing, I always think that he's got a much nicer truck. I think that I, I end with the memory of him having the dream truck. And I think that's what it looks like. But, like, I always forget that he has got the most basic model of truck you can think of. It's old mm-hmm. as shit. And it doesn't have any any creature comforts at whatsoever. No. It's uh, falling apart. No. I don't and like. I don't know how this guy ekes out a living. Uh, he, he must... I mean, he must make tons of money. Because he's got nothing he spends it on. He right. only earns money hustling guys on the road, it seems like. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Wonders. I don't, like. Where is this? Like, that's the other things. Like, where is this excess money going to? Uh, and I think it's an era of trucking too, where it was a more lucrative, right? Where you haven't an been an independent trucker yeah. with your own rig. Yeah, yeah. You should be make fucking bank, man. Right. Uh, can yeah, I, I can I say good at accounting? I just gotta you know give it away. <laughs> I I think. I, I don't know if I like this kid. I, I think he's got a lot of energy. He's cute. I, and it's not the kid. It's the character. Uh, yes. This kid is a, a know-it-all piece of shit at the beginning of this movie, right? He's talking yeah, about, oh, your fucking cholesterol levels must be through the roof, old man, eating that bullshit. I find dine every night. I got three-course meals coming to me. Yeah, Foie gras, Wolfgang motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> and, and then... And then he reveals his own stupidity and his own ignorance, right? He says, there's a line in here where he tells, trying to say how dumb his dad is, he tells him the average adult has the intelligence of a 15-year-old, which if this kid knew anything, would realize this is a mathematical impossibility. (laughs) Like, if the average adult has the level, the average adult defines 
the intelligence level of the average adult, right? You can't yeah. have an average adult being the intelligence level of a 15-year-old because they would be the intelligence level of an average adult. Yes, right. Definitionally. <laughs> so yeah. this kid is an idiot. It seems like one of those truthy facts you'd read in like a magazine for kids, you know, like a week, the weekly yeah. reader. Did you know that the average adult is barely smarter than you, you know? <laughs> right. God. Ugh, and that's kid. the thing is, they need the, the, that's the uh, like the movie worked a lot better as soon as they ditched the odd couple routine, uh-huh. um, which they kind of pretty much do once he teaches them to drive the big rig. And I guess that does. Yep. That the thing is, is like we're making fun of a lot of stuff this movie, but a lot of stuff for this movie is so stupid because it's literally the only thing that could happen because of the way they've constructed the movie. Uh, but even then, there's wild choices like when. Mike left of his own free will. Lincoln decides to just ram. He's like, oh, he pulls up. So he will visit my son. And the guy's like, no. And he has all of the legal cards. In fact, there's a there's a pointless subset scene where uh, Robert Lugia's lawyer is telling him how legally fucked he is in far as his claims. And like, yeah. there's no court in the land that will ever back his claim against Lincoln Hawks. And he, in a fit of rage, he, he rams this guy's gate down, mm-hmm. drives through his 300 fucking yard front door with all these Venus de Milo's and fountains. He's ramming and just doesn't drive through his front door. He drives through his front house, mm-hmm. like caves this thing. And like only a semi can, and because of that, gets rest, arrested and loses everything. I guess I, yeah. that need, I need to add that to his litany of crimes. What crimes the fuck? of stupidity? Yeah, yeah, it's a real dumb yeah. move. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that you can just like that's the kind of thing that you can just like not press charges on. That's so fucking insane. And I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like what if he killed somebody? <laughs> right? Well, wasn't mission accomplished at that point too? Couldn't he have hung the banner out and said, "I got the kid home, and we bonded." True. Like he did exactly what his mother wanted, right? And if I want to, I just got to do some paperwork. I probably don't even need a lawyer. I can just do some paperwork and get this kid if I uh, want him full time. Yeah, it was the inevitable outcome of of his whole purpose. And it's like, the thing is, is also, I feel like this movie might have worked better if the kid was older. Like, if this kid was, like, you know, about ready to leave high school, maybe. But, like, I I, the the whole time I'm like, well, he's 12 years old. What happened? You get full custody of him. What happens at the end of summer? Because it's not like sure. he graduated college. He graduated. I, I, I couldn't even figure out what he graduated from because that military academy seemed like to went all the way to 18. It's like, well, OK, you're you're going into middle school or whatever. What was your plan? Like, you've got no address. How are you going to get this kid to school? How are you going to like give this kid health care? How are you going to like there's there's no. And, and the movie's wanting me to get this result. But I'm like, well, if he wins, I don't like the result. Because, like, the other thing that, yeah. that the Hawk makes clear is driving the truck is everything to him. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the beginning of this movie makes that clear, right? They show him driving it uh, romantically. They show him washing it. He's so it. happy. Yeah. Right. He loves it. And they do make the that life look attractive. Like, they do that kind of easy rider thing where there's just uh-huh. glorious shots of him driving through fucking monument. Va- like, they never show the, the Nebraska <laughs> they never show sure, rolling yeah. down, you know, I-70 West for 12 hours through Nebraska. It's yeah. always fucking Man- Monument Valley or, you know, like so, something like really Sedona, Arizona, shit like that. Uh-huh. Uh, 
but they do make that open road look really fun and seductive in this in this movie mm-hmm. there's at least one more thing i want to talk about here and it's the music we kind of mentioned it but I feel like we need to talk about it a little bit more because I was surprised yes. when I went and actually looked up what music was in this. Um, first of all, you need to know stylistically, this is budget Top Gun music, right? This is like the C tier shit that Kenny Loggins no was doing. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. It has it. No, nothing, nothing going on. Uh, like big you, want, you want Danger Zone? You're not going to get Danger Zone. You're going to get Kenny Loggins doing a slow jam. Uh, right but he's on the soundtrack like big artists are mm-hmm. on this soundtrack sammy hagar has a song on this Winter soundtrack takes it all, baby kenny yeah. loggins uh eddie money who has several 80s hits that you'd probably know 100 the, the the lead singer from cheap trick does a solo thing on this it's like they spent some pretty some effort and money on the soundtrack and it came out god awful it's, it's just it's the, just the it's most terrible. anemic limpest ballads you've ever heard it's all b tracks is what it is yeah. it's all there's no there's no they needed something that's like kick ass and they needed something poignant but they use this like middle of the road and properly entitled meet me halfway for everything that's the spine yeah. of a arm wrestling movie a log and slow jam so so they hired, uh, from what I read, a, a, some Italian composer to write all of these songs. And yeah. I think that's the problem, right? They didn't have the rock stars writing the songs. Mm, um, they just had them performing them. Unforced error, yeah. Right? Yeah, you Give get Van Sammy Hagar to have him fucking yeah. write a banger because he yeah. can, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kenny and Loggins. he said, like, I, uh, he, Sammy is, like, very dismissive about this whole... That's, like, everything. Everyone's weirdly like, yeah, I, just, I don't know, man. Like, it got away from us. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I didn't I think we should do it, and we did it. You know, every, that's that's everyone's recollections wow. of this movie. Yeah. It's kind of amazing this movie ever came out. It really only came out because Sylvester Stallone is in it, right? I felt like it was weird, wildly popular. Oh no! At a twenty-five million box office, uh, twenty-five yeah. million budget, and made sixteen million at the box office. It was a bomb. Critically, I just remember and. fucking loving this as a kid, though. Like, <laughs> sure, sure. I feel like Gen X has fond memories of this film um, for a lot of different reasons, and it's like that's to say, is this a badass film? I say the last thirty minutes get it there easily. Yes. Uh, and every act has a signature badass moment. There is the initial. Uh, a show a showdown between the budget Hulk Hogan, Great mm-hmm. Value Hulk Hogan, Smash the second act. Yeah, the the second act turning the third act features uh Stallone throwing one of Lucia's thugs through a plate glass window and dude, it's talk time's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think it, there's the you know even the like the element of truck driving and like you know pumping iron as you're pushing iron, inherently badass. Uh. This, though, ha- is like one of the softest badass flicks I've ever seen. Yeah, I think 90% of why I like this movie is because it's such a niche topic, right? Actually, yeah. two niche topics. You don't get a lot of trucker movies. Yeah. And you get zero arm wrestling movies, uh, like sure. mainstream films. So, like, it, it it combines two very niche things that, that make me go, so, like, sit up and just say, oh, that's something different. You know, I've not seen this before. And so I, I do like it. I, I do, you know, like I said earlier, I like it in concept more than uh, action, but it, it, it 
it works as as a, a thing to laugh at and a thing to go oh well that's a, a part of society i've not seen yeah i uh it's funny because it's it's an interesting place where this came comes out in stallone's career because he was like simultaneously red hot and like stone cold mm-hmm. Uh, this was contemporary with Rambo, the second Rambo, First Blood Part Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was contemporary with Rhinestone, which is a Dolly Parton thing that like bombed all over the place. Hmm. Uh, this was contemporary with Rocky Four, which was a huge hit. Wow! And Over the Top was a flop. It's it's weird because like unlike um, Schwarzenegger, who just had like smash after smash after smash and fell off later like i feel like stallone was perfectly capable of making some of the biggest bombs at the same time he was making at the top of his career and it didn't really affect anything Mm -hmm. uh yeah it's a a strange movie man and i kind of looked up like okay what what is the reputation of this film amongst the communities that it that are its subject matter um, they gotta love it, right? Trucker films. I, so I looked at a lot of top ten trucker films lists, and this one never made it into the top ten, which shocked me because I can't even think of ten other trucking movies. What but, the fuck? <laughs> right? But it always got an honorable mention. It was like over the top. You know, is is this movie about a trucker arm wrestling competition? It's it's not perfect, but you know, it's a trucker movie. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think like truckers love it too much. And I don't know that there is like a arm wrestling film community or like or that you could put together even like an a arm top wrestling three community list. that ha- has to have an opinion. Like, did they? Think- yeah. But where do I go to find that? Right. Do I go to the arm wrestling for sure. national national sure. arm wrestling foundation yeah. forums? Yeah, I don't yeah, even yeah. know. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. We didn't, we didn't really talk about that. The, the tournament part of the Vegas section of this movie mm, yeah we said we were going to right um do you want i thought i felt like we did we talked about all the different the uh, the big controversies and stuff what did, what do we what stone did we leave unturned uh just how how it came to be so like it oh right. that tournament was a real thing um and they they decided when this they found out this movie was coming out that like you know some some arm wrestling foundation or, or league or whatever decided we're going to put on a big tournament around this movie to try and capitalize on it and they did and use set all up- the it, it was really smart because they did all the same logos and stuff so that yeah it was a perfect dual purpose right and and in fact a lot of the footage that you see at the end of this movie is from that tournament they just were yes. on site filming it um yep and you know the the tournament happened the prize was real the it was a truck mm-hmm. it was which i don't are a lot of arm wrestlers truckers is that like a hand in hand combo that i don't know about or there is a tr- i guess a well established trucker league cuz i thought that was really funny they had like you know from the west coast division from the truckers division from the teamsters union like like they had all these like <laughs> sure. wild regional you know, but, but I'm from thinking the Texas like, Wildcat division, like it's yeah. If if I was really into arm wrestling, a truck as a top prize would not interest me in the least, right? I would be pawning that thing the next day. Oh, to, I mean, I think that's like stars. it's like. Don't you think most people that like win the showcase showdown at like I always thought that like if uh, you know I got a Nissan Altima from Bob Barker, I would just fucking sell that thing or take. I think they actually offer you to cash value too. Like there's oh, like you can either take okay. that thing or offered the cash value of it and i would always take the cash value over i mean i don't know there's certain like they had like a sweet 
I had a sweet 98 Impala and it was 97, <laughs> I might get tempted. But yeah, but yeah, yeah. in general, I, I but I surely you can sell that to someone who does need one for approaching its value, right? So oh, seventy five percent easy, easy, easy. Yeah, and then you still pay the taxes. That's still probably one hundred twenty five grand in the bank, right? Sure. Or, or you, you set up a contract, right? You take you take the truck pri- the truck prize. You, you say, okay, you can drive my truck, but I'm going to get X amount mm. of the the dollar. Ooh. There you go. Start your you own start trucking your business. own trucker company. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, <laughs> but th- that always bothered me that like the top prize is a truck when you can't guarantee that arm wrestlers care about a truck. But uh, it says something about the the field of competition that that is a prize uh, that is extravagant and also not derided as like what kind of fucking like it got people to show up. Right. Yeah. And I like um they show at one point when Sylvester Stallone and my God, the music does him no favors. The music is like going full ballad. Right. And he's walking through the uh-huh. show floor of. Right. A Vegas convention. It's so stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But on that show floor, there's like Fujitsu and Duracell. And I'm like, okay, these are actually companies that truckers might want to buy products sure. from, right? Fujitsu probably makes yeah. some radios and truck yeah. accessories and stuff and batteries. I mean, they're always on the road. Of course, they need batteries. Yeah. Yep. Uh, pretty good stuff there. But yeah, th- so this was a real tournament. I imagine the show floor there was was part of it uh, and yep. real. And they used a bunch of that footage. And then Stallone came in the day after this thing ended, this tournament ended, and they filmed all of his scenes there. And they used as extras in the stands and stuff all the people that were there for the tournament the previous day, which I thought I was, is like I, see, I super thought I, I thought they I read that there was it was a two day tournament and during uh-huh. the rest day they filmed it. So they still had everyone oh, that was okay. still at the hotel to see that thing and they just had everybody back and said and, but it, essentially it's the exact same crowd and a lot of the same yeah. You know, and all um, arm wrestlers it, were there, so you had them, you know, there to compete against Stallone still, and right, yeah. yeah. Uh, but part, unfortunately, you can only make a thirty-minute arm wrestling film. You got to add <laughs> to make an arm wrestling work. You got to add a trucking element and a child custody, a bitter <laughs> child did, custody dispute. Yeah, they could have made a better movie. They really could have made a better movie around arm wrestling. If it wasn't such a fucking bummer, I didn't need the mom to die. Like she dies during she a heart have, she should that operation. should have been the inciting event. She just died, and in a surprise yes. event, she made custody of the grandchild father contingent on uh, Michael freely choosing it after spending a summer with his dad. Boom. Yes, perfect. You sell, you say it, you say, say you set almost all the problem. Tone everything down. Don't make the kidnapping arc. Don't <laughs> right? have him a sad scene through in gates the and prison? almost killing grandpa. Yeah. yeah, don't we don't we don't need any of that shit. Uh, yeah, just uh, th- like I said, and I think I think the, the film works better if this kid is like uh, um, uh, like a 16 year old. Yeah. Where he's got a yeah. little bit more agency and like you're not feeling like he's just like, oh, man, if he's this kid ends up with with Sly and he's got no truck, it's going to be great. You know, Get uh, Corey Feldman in there. Corey Feldman in 1986 would have been like perfect for this kid. Right. I don't know. Was he? He's a bit of a punk. Like Fourteen or fifteen, and he could play a little bit older. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. He's a bit of a punk, but he's. It, you know, you couldn't have had him in some kind of uh, military school either. I don't think that would work. But yeah. Yeah. And it's just like because I, I I don't think that like the the reason the Scott the Scott Fer- Farkas scene didn't work is because this kid's like three years older and manifestly just bigger and stronger. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you had a kid that's like an average, because you could find like some like you know freakish 
like 16 or 17 year old and you pit him against like a normal 16 year old and you still got the angle but it still feels a little less like there's like high stakes bullying or something I don't know mm-hmm. yeah no it's not uh, but the core that's there is interesting and I still like every couple of years I love watching it because it's a completely ridiculous film that no one other than the kid feels like they're fully bought and the wrestlers to be to be fair the Armas oh, yeah. themselves and the actors portraying them are fucking bringing peak mid eighties WWF energy to everything they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, to the point where I thought some of them might've been pro wrestlers. You mentioned the product placement. The most product prominent product <laughs> placement is Alka-Seltzer. Oh, how much see, money did Alka-Seltzer hmm. get to have this guy slam after the motor oil? But also I think the union guys wearing an Alka-Seltzer t-shirt the whole time. Like they're they're really? getting repped throughout the, the the whole last thirty minutes, yeah, by one of the uh, semi semifinalists. That's interesting because I saw the most prominent product placement as Bowflex when Stallone is at the tournament and he's pumping iron, and they shoot at an angle where you can clearly see the Bowflex logo. Oh, interesting. But I I missed the Alcatraz stuff. So, man, there is another element entirely that we didn't talk about in this movie, and it's fashion. Oh shit! I mean, this movie. <laughs> can only be described as 80s as fuck like uh-huh the, the 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 tank tops that these arm wrestlers are wearing the hairstyles yeah. the mullets the the frizzy the feathers the the feathered haircuts They're not so the, much tank tops as butchered t-shirts you know they've cut the sleeves and collars out of every one of them yeah and, and they're the type you know the the ones that they didn't cut uh, to make the, they're the long stringy ones right like the, the stringy tank top straps don't even cover your nipples they're just like mm-hmm. all your shit's hanging out there the the mm-hmm. the deep v goes all the way to your navel yeah uh the the fashion is fantastic if you want to see a slice of what i presume was like <laughs> high trucker fashion at the time i don't even know how to describe it because it's not like it's a different vibe from the stuff you would normally see in movies in the 80s because yeah. these are supposed to be like low lifes or whatever right the the yeah weird part of society it's very much like boat sport and travel show type attendees uh-huh. and professional wrestling and maybe with a little bit of 80s hair metal yeah in, in the hairstyle totally. and like you know, cause some of these guys are like bleach blonde frizz dudes and you know gold crosses in their ears and yeah it looked like they could they could be shredding in poison or something yeah i mean half the enjoyment of watching those last 30 minutes is just looking at the people the characters mm-hmm. there's like some fucking there's a jimmy superfly looking guy uh-huh. there's like so much crazy shit going on in this there's the, the, the raging irishman uh it's 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 crazy i i feel like i'm Oh, uh, yeah, you could I could spill a whole bunch more ink on the ladies division. I got a lot. I got a oh, big kick right. out of late, the ladies arm wrestling division, which I guess didn't get their own championship round. They just get the the, the permanent undercard. Come on now. Uh, there, yeah. There's a whole fucking movie just in the ladies arm wrestling division. Mm-hmm. But after that, I'm about I'm about done. I'm about I'm, yeah. I'm over over the top. Same here. Speaking of of uh, fashion, I do have something coming uh, shipped our way that uh, one of us is going to wear for oh. the the live the live watch. Oh my the watch god! Watch party. And again, if Bezos, don't be cruel. If he if he's if he's kind, 
at the time of recording, it's still available. We're going to watch Over the Top this Thursday on Theatrical Thursdays. Uh, all you need is an Amazon Prime account and you need a free Twitch account. It takes 30 seconds to hook those babies up and you can watch the movie in real time with us and the Fantastic Fall movie community. It's going to be a hoot. It's mm-hmm. going to be a hoot. Uh, it'll be the third time I've seen it recently because I watched it once with my wife and I watched it uh, this morning to do my notes and make my jokes. <laughs> the notes and jokes pass, we call it. Uh-huh. Uh, don't forget this uh, working Wednesdays. We'll be doing more badass uh, debates. We're going to be talking about uh, refining the rules, going over the rules of the three C's and uh, changing some rulings that we had from last year, instituting new rulings. Uh, of course, we'll also, uh, as we're doing it, uh, review our badass list. Uh, you can always nominate uh, new badasses for consideration that we'll be doing next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's badass, badass weeks here, badass month here at Bald Move. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with yet another badass film. It's going to be Die Hard with the Vengeance, Bruce Willis. Look forward to that. Uh, see you then. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Later. <laughs>